When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bringing out the didgeridoo once again. Welcome back to the Clark Blue Podcast, our lucky charm from last week's pre-match preview, by the way. We played yep. that intro saying we won in pre-season with this. We've beaten Everton with it, so it's back until till we lose the game. We'll try the France intro if we lose the next one. <laughs> um, I'm Dan Rowenson, once again joined by Ashley Priest after a Friday press conference. Um, how are you, Ash, first of all? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Not too bad. I was up at five o'clock this morning, training for our marathon again. There's about 250 yeah, people. In uh, Sutton Park, did it for mental health today. Very good, good turnouts. Mm-hmm. I was up at half four, but uh, I had a bit of an unfortunate fall. I won't show you the thing, Gabe, but my, my hands in bits. I did a cleansman, I went, I went full on over. So, a few people behind me would have seen me tumbling all sorts. So, a bit of a bit of an unfortunate morning. Dusting myself off, and uh, after body more heath, I went and spoke to Gerard, and some good stuff to come from that. So, yeah, all well. Down to Palace tomorrow. Did all, I, did, I was going to get the train. I always get the train to Palace, but train strike. Mm. So I've got to bite the bullet and drive. Bit of an awkward place to get to Palace, but as long as I'm back for the boxing and the AJ fights, I'll be happy. And as long as three points are in the bag as well, all the more better. So uh, looking forward to tomorrow. When you said bite the bullet there, the connection went a bit weird. I thought you were going to say that you biked. <laughs> so you could yeah. cycle down to Crystal Palace. I know you've got this fitness regime, but that's mental. Um, you did show me your your palms off air. A lot of blood, a lot of holes, lots of flaky skin. So I, I won't ask you to Plasters show anyone else. Plaster will do for everybody else. Um, let's talk about it then, the presser today. Stephen Gerrard, once again, ask, asking answering questions from the media. Now, I've been out of office this morning with um, a hospital appointment for people. Um, I had some comments of the week saying that I don't care and I'm not a proper fan and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Busy this morning. Loud, so. loud, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible fan. I've not seen anything Stephen Gerald said this morning. So this uh, podcast is as much about you, you, filling me in, <laughs> you filling me in as much as anything else. So the mood in the camp, first of all, how was Stevie G this morning? Stevie G was fine. Had a good update on Diego Carlos. He had surgery in London yesterday. Went really well. But it always goes well. Apparently, Achilles surgery is pretty straightforward as it is anyway. I think I'll get the Achilles back back together. But it's all about the rehab with Diego now. Um, he needs to, needs to keep keep to his rehab. Uh, but Gerard said he'll play a large chunk of this season, Dan. Large chunk of this season. That surprises so, me. Very that, optimistic um, from uh, Stevie G, yeah. That's a, that's a bold kind of prediction, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, we were saying that the other week, or the other day, sorry, when we did our post Diego Carlos injury news podcast, that to kind of write off six months. So six months of football, but there was the World Cup, which delays the season by four to five weeks. So there's a month of the of the Premier League season that he won't miss because of the World Cup. Um, obviously, personal reasons for him going with Brazil potentially is, is whatever. But talking about Aston Villa here, that's one one, one month less of football that affects us with his injury. So September, October, November he misses. December he misses, even though it's not Villa. So January, yeah. February. So potentially back for March, April, May, maybe. 
I mean, was yeah, that a, lot? Yeah. Well, a third of the season is a large chunk, I guess. But I'm, I'm still kind of sceptical as to whether we'll even see him this season. Maybe that's just yeah. me being negative. Yeah, I think that's right, right to, to, to come to that conclusion. We'll see. Uh, probably be similar to Nakamba's injury last season. He came back with a month or month or two to go mm, yeah. before that, that played out. So I expect him to play, yeah. Yeah, final couple of months, maybe being optimistic back in April, March, April, that'd be brilliant news. Uh, and yeah, so fingers crossed. Gerard spoke to him on the phone last night. He needed Google Translate to speak to him. <laughs> brilliant. But, um, he's reassured him and he's just said, Diego, he said, brush up on you, get, get, learn your English. You've got loads of times to get, get your English up to speed, stay around the group, get your friendships and, and be, be close to us. You'll be back in no time. And uh, Gerard said, I'm, I'm still I'm more excited now than I was when we signed him, even even given the injury. Me and you this week have been downbeat and, oh, God, good signing there, centre-back, been brilliant that's the first two games. But uh, Gerard's upbeat and, and positive, so that's good news to come from that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else to give you? Courtney Horse is back training, so that bolstered the defensive ranks. He, he's trained this week. Let's just flash it up now because I see oh, it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Courtney Horse is the only one who, who's back in training, and Carlos, obviously, we just talked about yes. everyone else is fit, aren't they? So let's get that injury slide out of the way. Yeah, um, Horse coming back at a good time, though. Good time, but Joe did, did allude to the fact that Courtney does want to play first team football, and we know about Watford's interest there, so so that could play out, and, and Villa could go and get one. Joe was asked about going for a new centre back. He actually said Dan as well. He said. That was probably on the cards even before Diego's injury because he wants four centre-backs at the club. Courtney Horse wants to move out and I think I think they were talking about bringing a new centre-half in anyway. So hopefully they'd have drawn up their, the shortlist earlier than intended, really. So that's that's pretty interesting to come from that one. But yeah, Courtney, Courtney's back. I can't say being in the squad this weekend. It should be too soon for him. But big, big interest from Watford there. So, And yeah, We'll explore the market now. Conversations are ongoing, Gerard said, with, with Langer and Perslow. They're currently analysing it. They're analysing every department, defence, midfielder and in attack. So we'll see what, what plays out. So should be an exciting, exciting last 10 days of the window for us, which is mm, pretty good. I say horse is back in good time. I mean, good time for a move, really, because it's yes. less likely that someone's going to take him on loan if he's injured for another two or three months, whatever. So he's back fit, yeah, ready to leave, basically. I think that's the it's case. Interesting yeah. that, it's interesting that they would have signed or looked at another centre half if Carlos was still fit, because that's Carlos Mings, Chambers, Concert, and then one yeah. other to replace yeah. Courtney Hawes, Josh Feeney in an launch still as well. Yeah. It's kind of surprising. They've got to get a centre half with. With Carlos being injured now, whether that's like we were talking the other day, whether people have seen our last podcast or not, we are repeating ourselves, whether that's a top-level, elite-level signing to replace Carlos and start every single game, yeah. or whether it's just an extra body to to compete with concert chambers and Mings for that kind of secondary spot as well. I don't know. I'm, I'm still not sure. It depends what transfer budgets are. It depends what players are available. Still a lot of talk about, you know, if the right deal becomes available and stuff like that, we'll, we'll see yeah. what moves happen. It, it is it. all about that kind of domino effect. If somebody moves elsewhere at another club, they get their player, they get theirs, and then all of a sudden, yeah. agents are phoning around going, oh, this player's available. Then you never know how, how things develop after that. But they need somebody in, and I still think they need a midfielder as well. Yeah, we'll see with that one. Morgan Stanton, not in, not involved in the the first two squads of the season. I think he's frustrated from what, what I've been told. So he wants more game time. I don't think Villa will stand in his way either, Sanson. Mm. 
obviously before the before they jetted out to Australia as well, Dan. Gerard told us all I want to bolster the midfield department, even off the back of the Kamara signing. So that's something they're looking to press ahead with as well. So yeah, I'm sticking on deadline day. Um, it should be a busy one, I think, uh, for for us. Um, we start that every year and it never is. <laughs> we do, we do, don't we? We do, to be fair. Um, but we'll see, yeah. Midfielder, definitely on the cards. And like, like I said, I don't think Villa will stand in, in Samson's way. Should, should a move be off him for him? I think you asked me on the last podcast we did whether I would be content if the transfer window ended now. I don't know whether yeah. I ever asked you back. So I'll ask you now. Would you be content if the window ended right at the second? Uh, would I be happy now? Window shuts, shuts today. Yeah, it seems to be could be a disappointment given the Carlos injury. If you had Carlos, I'd be fine with it. I think you've got enough there to work with. You need more from your Baileys uh, and people like that. And it's down to the manager to get the best out of a pretty good squad, Dan. Um, so it'd be not pressure on Gerard, be a bit of pressure on Gerard to get the most out of the, the group he's got and, and utilize your Sansons and your Ari Burnham's and Douglas Louise's and people like that and get the best out of them. So I would have been happy prior to the Diego injury. Now I'm saying I put something out yesterday about the five star, four star. How would you rate the window if it, if it shut now? I'd probably go three star. Where previously I'd have said four star. So yeah, yeah. not 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 too content. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. If we signed as another centre half, whether that just be a body in backup or somebody to yeah. start every single game, and a central midfielder. That's pretty much about as good a window as we can get, really. I still don't think yeah. they identify the forward line as being that much of a problem, is the impression I get, with Archerings and Watkins being being through. Yeah, they are analysing that forward options. I was surprised Gerard mentioned that earlier. They are analysing that department and got some strong reports coming in again today. Bertrand Traore, uh, Istanbul, but Bezeksia, if I say that right. Um, the club, uh, Trezeguet, was on loan last season. There in Roberto, and so he could move on. That frees up a space there as well. So, yeah, we'll see. We've got Bolton next week as well. Cameron Arch should get some game time there in, in some forward areas, like I say. But they're analysing each department, and we tend to go ten guys to ten days to go. Who knows what will happen? It's the same as what I just said about midfield or centre half. If the good player becomes available, that Villa look at and go, "That's a deal that we can't pass up on." We've got the, we've got the money to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, there's an office David Brent quote somewhere. If, you know, if I'm looking for it, I've, I've got the cash or something. <laughs> um, I can't remember what that was about. I'd never pay for it. Um, you know, the deal will be done if there's a deal to be done. I, I don't want to see Villa signing players for the sake of it. Loanies no. that we don't really care about, and we'll play five games. Pointless. There's no point to it. If there's a good deal, they'll make it. If there isn't, we have to get the best of what we've got. And we said a few weeks ago, it's about coaching. We've yeah. got a good squad on paper. People said to me, like, oh, what? how can you say this side's top 10? We're a million miles away. And Danny Ings could be a 20-goal striker on paper. Ollie Watkins could be a 15-goal striker. Wendy Coutinho, Kamara, McGee, yeah, Bailey. There's talent in that squad. and yeah. To get 10th in the Premier League isn't that big a task, really. You've got the top six or seven, which are set in stone. You've got the bottom four or five. They're rubbish. And then anywhere yeah. in that middle bit from 14th to 9th, you could sneak into any of those gaps with a half-decent season with what we've got. So on paper, yeah, I think we should be getting way more out of the squad. So if we don't spend the money because the deal isn't right, we've got to do better in coaching and make these players you know, worthy of the of the prices that we pay for them. So that's on, on Gerard and Co. to, to coach them to, to be better players, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he mentioned the bottom four being rubbish. Will, will Villa finish above Man U this season, Dan? 
Um, I saw a nice piece that somebody did the other day. I think I don't know, it's somebody from the central team that was like a, a supercomputer piece. Yeah, had Villa finish ahead of Man United in a prediction thing. I don't know. I mean, if they don't sign any players, there's a chance yeah. to say that Man United will be a mid-table side rather than a yeah, guaranteed yeah. top seven. But it's Man United, isn't it? So they'll still find a way to sneak into the top eight, I would have thought. <laughs> they'll, they'll spend some money out of nowhere. So I think they'll finish above us, but uh, never say never. You never know. That's what Villa have got to do, though. They've got to chase down those above them. And oh, yeah. any chance they get, a bit, a bit kicking a bit of form and... If those those above them are struggling, you got to yeah, get that, on the coattails and, and leapfrog them, yeah. That's how you get in there. You're looking at someone like Leicester, who I always said in yeah, our preseason, they could be in trouble. Yeah. Not signing anyone, like keeping hold of Fafana and Tielemans and players like that is a is a is a big deal for them. But having that squad losing Schmeichel, who yeah maybe isn't the best goalkeeper in the world, some people would argue, but you know not making additions when everyone around you is. Yeah. They're not nailed on to be you know one of those top eight teams, so. You've got to take advantage of when when a Man United who always get up into the top six somehow look like they might struggle this season. Villa have got to be on the edges to pounce amongst those opportunities because you'll look back at the end of the season and go, oh, Man United finished ninth. Like, that yeah. could have been us who got above them and we, and we still didn't. So the other guys being poorer is, is how we get up there. It's not all just about Villa having a great season. We do need a couple of sides above us to have lesser seasons as well. If West Ham struggle, for example, and finished eleventh, we've got to yeah. be making sure that we get up to to West Ham levels from seasons gone by. So it's doable, but you know there is a lot of work to be done yet because I'm still it's only two games in, and we'll see how Palace goes tomorrow. I'm still not convinced that we are ready enough to get top, yeah, top eight. Certainly, I think we can get tenth. Yeah, um, but I've got to I've got to see more yet before I can sit on here with any conviction and go, yeah, we should be finishing top eight with this side. Next three should give you give you more indication, Dan. I mean, going down to Palace, I think they lost four games out of 19 last season at home. One of them being against Villa. Tough place to go mm. off the back of their Anfield draw. And then after that, it's West Ham, a team Villa rarely beat. Mm. And they go to the Emirates. Now, we, we should learn a lot about Villa in the next couple of weeks. Um, so, I think you'll have your answer then uh, as we enter, yeah, September 1st. What, what would you say is an acceptable... If we are to push for top eight, so let's just say top eight because that's a you know between seventh and ninth, <laughs> obviously. obviously. What's an acceptable acceptable points target if that is the the aim to finish in the top eight? What would you be looking at from those oppositions specifically? Uh, minimum four points minimum, hopefully. Um, is that enough? Four and then three games. Mm. Not every three games, though. Yeah. It's, um, so the fixtures coming up are tough ones for Villa coming up. Uh, West Ham at home would be interesting. And they go to the Emirates as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll learn a lot about Villa in the next few weeks. So I just want to pick up on, on Danny, ba- Danny Barker's point here. You mentioned you asked about the press conference. Do you yeah. think Emi, Emi Buendia and SG, Gerard have, have had a fallout? A lot's been made yeah. of this. Um, and I've been at the press conferences where this has happened. So today, uh, Gerard has asked about Buendia again. I think he was asked about when he played well last week, what's he got to do for a start? And um, so Gerard bit back straight away and said, Leon Bailey had a good game last week. Did, did, did you see his game? So and Gerard's growing tired of the Buendia loaded questions. Um, and obviously last week against Everton post-match, I think there was someone in there who wasn't a member of the press. He think, he, I think he said to Gerard from the back of the room, what's Buendia going to do for a start? He's surely a starter now. And Gerard obviously a bit annoyed by, by the the tone of the question. 
Like, you don't pick the team, do you? It's tongue in cheek. You don't pick the team, do you? And obviously, Jarrah went into detail about Brendier's injury, Dan. He said Brendier was meant to start the Bournemouth game, given his performances over pre-season. Loves Brendier. Um, but obviously, he picked up a niggle. His training levels dip below where they, they should be. Obviously, Katina got the nod over the last few weeks. So, there's no issue there with Brendier and Gerard. Not at all. I just want to dispel that. There's nothing there. Gerard, Gerard's been wanting to protect him. He's had a bit of a niggling injury. And um, should he pick up... Should, he, should that make that worse? He'd have been out long, more longer term. So, Gerard's just protecting Brendier. No issue at all. I know we want to see more of him. And I think we'll probably see him start tomorrow. Hmm. I, I, I think. So, he'll get his first start tomorrow. All, all points towards that. I know Katina's been a bit underwhelming over the last few, two games. So, yeah, trying to dispel that. No issue between Wendy and Gerard at all. Gerard loves him. But yeah, we want to see more of him now, don't we? And hopefully this is his season. What do you make of the comments? Well. <laughs> answer them better, yeah? I don't know where I stand on Gerard's presses at the moment. It's different for you being in the room. Like I said, I've seen quotes. I've seen, yes. I've seen people's opinions of what was said and, and not not quite liking what was said so i don't know whether i'm influenced by outside kind of opinion as well yeah the noise I kind, yeah. Of, I kind of flip between thinking yeah i like that be a bit nasty be a bit you know, give a bit back I, we've been too soft for a long time we've been too kind of wishwashy everyone everyone's going to get a go come on we're all in it together i kind of like a bit of bite sometimes and then i flip between thinking if i had to pick and fill as best player in some games i'll be picking Buendia more often than not, I'm that guy at the back of the room shouting, why isn't he starting? You know what I mean? I'm doing that yeah. just on, online instead. Um, I don't know. That That's kind of Gerard and his makeup. I think that he's got that bite, he's a winner mentality, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When he first came, he was very kind of analytical and straight talking and, and kind of his, his answers were really quite detailed about tactical decisions and tweaks and stuff. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. This is kind of refreshing. Whereas now it does seem a little bit a bit biting, a bit angsty, and a bit kind of flippant. Oh, I don't pick, you don't pick the team, do you? Rather than saying, "Well, actually, it's because of this, this, and that." Yeah, um, I don't know. It's a, it's difficult because Brendy is a bit of a fan favourite, and he's performing well. And we're there's forty thousand people there going, well, "He should be starting here." So, yeah, what is going on? And I kind of feel like the kind of antagonistical, if that's a word, kind of element yeah. to it is. It feels a bit like when you've got told a kid off and they know they're in the wrong and they're kind of trying to back out. It's like he's only biting back because he probably knows that there is a case for Brent here to be starting and for whatever reason he can't start him, whether that's because of injury or a tactical decision. Um, yeah. And maybe it kind of grates on you a little bit when you know it, it's true that he should be starting games. I don't know. It's difficult. But then, like I said, sometimes I do look at it and go, yeah, dig a bit back at a journalist. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Go for it. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not sure. I'd like to see him start. And I think if he starts two or three games in a row and doesn't do anything, Brendan shouldn't get any special treatment to to be starting as as anybody should. And exactly. that's Philippe Coutinho at the moment, who he's starting yeah. games and not doing stuff. So as a fan, I can only sit there and say Brendan should be starting more because he influences games and wins games like he did last week. If he doesn't start tomorrow and it's not an injury thing, that'd be a bit of a strange decision, I think. But yeah. if, if there's a tactical reason I'm not aware of why Coutinho would be better away from home at Crystal Palace more so than Buendia, then I would accept that if it was communicated in that way. If it was just flipped off with a, well, you don't pick the team, do you? I'd be thinking, well, mm. well I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Buendia should be starting. Give me something. Tell me why he isn't. Um, rather than just flipping it off and going, well, Leon Bailey had a good game as well. Yeah. It's, well, Coutinho's got one goal, no assists in his last 13 games, Dan, going into last season. Good Not good enough. Brendia, three goals and two assists in 
eight games, so that's pretty good. So obviously right. the form tells you, Buendia's, yeah, he's the man right now. So yeah, he's over his injury troubles and I fully expect him to start tomorrow. Cue the meltdown at two o'clock when uh, the team news is announced, yeah? <laughs> nah. um, let's have a word from our sponsor, NordVPN. Oh, yes. We've got a sponsor for the podcast, NordVPN, a sponsor in the next couple of shows. So if you don't know, VPN helps secure your privacy, keeps your data safe if you're out and about using public Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or something like that. You can also change your location for where you're browsing from. So like when Ash was in Australia or France, he could change his location back to the UK and and watch the UK version of Netflix and and films. If you get that pesky pop-up saying this video clip is not available in your location, you can hop on your VPN to another part of the world and get around that problem. So you can grab your exclusive Nord VPN deal by going to www.nordvpn.com forward slash claret and blue to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan and four months free. It's completely risk free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. You can find the link to our exclusive code in the description down below. I want to talk away from match day for a second before we get into predicted 11 and stuff like that. There's a couple of comments about Marvelous Nakamba, and I'm just frantically searching Instagram here. A couple of questions asking about his weird oh, Instagram post. Oh, did the exact same, seen. yeah. yeah. Um, have you managed to find it in this yeah, couple yeah. of seconds of me filling? What's the what's going on here then? What's this post while I search for it? So this was last week. You got Nakamba. You didn't really post too much on there. Um, so was, yeah, I think he's at home. But the, the key line from it, He's cut his, I think he's, his caption. You can never bury a seed, it will grow with, with a lion emoji. Sabotage is my motivation. So you can never bury a seed, it will always grow. Sabotage is my motivation, is what oh, he said. Got it now, stood in front of a Lamborghini. Is that? That's it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So people read me into it, aren't they? A bit too much, I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. That, could, that could literally be about anything. I suppose when you've got a, you follow a footballer, anything they post, you might relate it back to football in some way. Yeah. I'm not playing. You exactly. know, motivation, I want to back in the team. Sabotage is my motivation. I don't know. Maybe a bit of loss in translation. I don't yeah. think there's anything in that personally. I don't really, I don't really care about that. To be honest. I don't no. think that's a problem. Um, I'll be interested in whether Nakamba stays around, though. With, yeah. With I might ask Gerard about him next time. Nakamba. Um, because if we are playing a, a proper DM now, with and that being Kamara, is the backup to him Nakamba? Is it Louise dropping back to a six if Kamara wasn't available, or is it Timaro Burnham still being in there? Yeah. Um, or get, getting back in there. I did like the little video that um, Villa posted yesterday on or the other day on um, Instagram where they were asking their players their favorite yeah. all time league player. Oh, shouts for Thierry Henry, yeah. Um, a few shouts for Steven Gerrard from Matty Cash and Tim Aurobuna, which I like. And Gerrard replied in the comments with Tim, love heart emoji, which again, I just like that little, I just like the flip side of Gerrard that I like. He's on Instagram. <laughs> to yeah. me, that's quite funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, Marvellous Nakamba. I think there's a half decent player in there, um, but probably probably not going to make it, but I wouldn't have thought. No, it wasn't long ago when Nakamba was probably the best player at Villa and yeah, it was yeah. so important to what Gerard was doing in the, the, those early weeks. Picked up an injury, Villa struggled off the back of that. Uh, I think he was very good at Palace, Nakamba was. Star man last season, um, away. Very good. But uh, yeah, Villa revolving now. Look at the, what Kamara brings compared to Nakamba. It's a little bit more, isn't it? So yeah, I'm, yeah I'll ask Gerard about Nakamba's future and how, how he's... Move down the pecking order now because I think I think big teams ahead of him now. Mm. 
I would hope so. If if, yeah. if Arabino's not going out on loan, he should be yeah. back up with Kamara or yeah. in a double pivot with him or whatever. Yeah. The series starts next week at Bolton out of the pair. Um, mm, should change yeah. it be forthcoming. So that'll be telling next week. But yeah, yeah, I think the Canberra's time at Villa. I wouldn't say it's over, but I think I think given Kamara's emergence and just how big player he'll be, I think it's so tough for the Canberra to break into the team now. But you need mm. it's a squad game, Dan. You need a big squad over the course of the season. And like you say, Diego's injury and who knows, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get some more clarity on the Canberra situation within the next week or, or two. Yeah, the um, cup game against Bolton comes before the end of the transfer window, doesn't it? So it'd be yeah. interesting with, with Villa having to clear out Deadwood and how yeah. many of those players it needs to be, how many will play against Bolton with to be in the shop window, whether they doesn't they don't play because they're already on their way out. Um, also, maybe little things like, um, you know, if Keenan Davis didn't play against the under-23s, for example, because he was going out on loan to, to Watford the following day or whatever. Little things like that. Does Sanson play against Bolton or does he not because he's out on the way out somewhere else? Exactly. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that Bolton game goes because part of me feels like play not a strong, strong team, mm-hmm. but stronger than just 11 challenges because mm-hmm. I definitely want to beat Bolton at least get to the next round of, the, of yeah. the cup. I want to take it a little bit more seriously this year. Yeah. Um, should we do predicted 11? Yeah, go on. Okay, so predicted 11 then. We did predicted 11 versus preferred 11 last week of the side that I'd want to pick if I was in charge and the side that you thought Gerald would pick. Yeah. Um, this week, we've only got one predicted 11 because I agreed with your 11 entirely. So I'll flash oh, it up and okay. let you talk through it. Yeah. Martinez in goal. And they've got Chambers coming in for Diego Carlos. Chambers over Conza. I think Chambers deserves a start. I've got Brendia in for Coutinho. Two challenges there for me. Um, a lot to like about that. And I've got two up front again, just to Ings and Watkins did well last week. Hopefully keep their momentum up and put Palace to the sword, hopefully. It'll be a tough game tomorrow, but um, mm. yeah, hopefully we'll do the business. Happy yeah, that team, Dan, would you? I'd have been tempted to go with Douglas Louise, but I thought Jams- uh, Jacob Ramsey played really Jamsey. well against um, <laughs> on the weekend. So I think Ramsey deserves Douglas to play could again. be one. He, he'd be fact, the only one. Um, the fact we're away from home. You could argue. Can drop the ball. Yeah, you could argue that he's the change from McGinn. But McGinn's been captain, so I just feel like McGinn will play every single game if he's fit. I know Gerard mm. said it's not a guaranteed of starter, but it kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. I like the two up front. I feel like um, I think Pat did a piece the other day about how Liverpool played against Palace on Monday night, and there was a lot of long balls from Liverpool to try and get over the top of Crystal Palace, yeah. um, whether that be a kind of a tactic that Villa employ against them. So having two up front to try and stretch the pitch, I wouldn't be massively surprised if it was, although would I be? I probably would, actually. <laughs> if it was a 4-3-3 with Coutinho on the left, Wendier on the right of Watkins, and it being a 4-3-3 rather than the two up front. It is, yeah. Um, I think Palace might go back to a back four tomorrow. I've had a, a back, well, had three, a back five last week against Liverpool this week, mm. sorry. So, yeah, the, the scope for that, to do that. But just give, given the link up between Watkins and Ings last week, obviously the pair linked up for the first goal. Ings teed at Watkins in the second half as well. Um, we're close to scoring there. So, yeah, I think they're in a good place, the two strikers. And long may that continue. And hopefully Watkins get, gets off the mark tomorrow. Maybe Ings chips in with an assist or two. So, Keep, keep them up there. The confidence strikers are a good thing, Dan. Um, and I'll keep keep them up there, keep that momentum going and give Palace some, something to think about as well. They're not there to play against things and Watkins when, when they're in full flow. So, no, man, that continue, yeah. Let's just go on to prediction very quickly. Like I said, we've been tracking these um, throughout the season. I had Everton to win, uh, Villa to win, sorry. So I got uh, a point for the right result. 
you add Everton to win just so that it be reverse psychology and uh, Villa would win. So technically you were right, but the results will show that you were wrong with your prediction and Everton yeah. win. Um, so let's go for this one quickly. Palace away, score prediction. Uh, head says 1-1, one, one, heart says 2-0. So I'll go in my article, 2-0, Villa, rocking and rolling again. Uh, tough place to go. 2-0, Villa, walking innings. Why not? Mm, nice. My head agrees with your head. 1-1 one, one, Villa, I'm going to go for. And I would, yeah. to be honest, take a draw at Palace away. I think writing off Bournemouth a little bit, Everton at home and Palace away, starting the season there. Four points in those first two is, is pretty decent. So I'll go 1-1 one, one and let's get McGinn a goal at Palace away again. I saw a stat that something specific, like he was the first, he's the only Villa player or the only player to score two goals outside the box at Selhurst Park or something like that. So let's make it three for McGinn. <laughs> it's some really weird niche stat. I think it was AVFC Stato nice. that, that did that. Um, so yeah, 1-1 one, one for me, 2-0 uh, for you, Ash. Uh, send your predictions in in the comments as well I'm very sorry about my internet it is very good usually it's not happened for a while uh, my missus is working from home today though so I'm blaming her that she's using all the internet in another room yeah. Um, but yeah thank you very much for watching apologies for my internet connection we'll be back tomorrow with the post-match show it should be you and me Ash I think um, either from the Selhurst Park press box or the car park depending on whether you get kicked out or not Yeah, um, and that'll be uh, five six o'clock something like that so come back there tomorrow to listen to us talk about villa winning um thank you very much for watching this preview show ash thanks for your time and apologies for my internet let's get out of here before it happens again thank you very much thank you for listening to claret and blue and aston villa podcast if you enjoyed today's episode then please do let us know we love hearing your feedback we'll be back soon with another episode but until then up the villa up the villa